What's up, everybody? Ron Newkirk back here with Connecticut Masters Golf. Whew. Another week's gone by, and we are a day late, and I apologize. We we're only seven weeks into this thing. Episode 8 coming here. We're already a day late. I'm sorry to all the people that were waiting up last night. I know a bunch of you probably were just in suspense of what was what we were going to talk about this week. Um, we got a good... Uh, I'm enjoying it, that's for sure. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. I just got a couple questions about this Tiger, Phil, Peyton, Brady thing. And then basically we're going to talk about the golden child. Um, my favorite golfer outside of the two big guys, Tiger and Phil, obviously. Uh, my, uh, I mean, he's amazing in his own right. Hasn't had really the past few seasons, haven't been that good for him. Uh, Mr. Jordan Spieth. We're, we're going to do a, a pretty deep dive into him. So, yeah, let's just get right into the, the whole Tiger Phil thing. There's not too much info out there about it. We really don't know. Like, the first question I had is, what's the format? Um, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, TNT is going to put out a charity event for COVID-19 uh, to raise money. And Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson... Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are all going to play in it. The teams are uh, Phil and Tom against Tiger and Peyton. I'm pretty sure they didn't put Tiger and Tom together because those are, are the two goats. They kind of split up the talent. But, um, I mean, is our, geez, is Brady and Manning even good enough to watch I would say after a month and a half of quarantine yes I would watch just them alone probably play golf but we're gonna find out so yeah the biggest thing is what's the format I don't know if it's gonna be like actual team play if they'll do like alternate shot for a couple holes um match play against Tiger and Phil like they did and then a match play against Peyton and Tom. There's a lot of different things that they could do. Um, the other questions I have is how is it going to be televised? Like, is it going to be better than the match? I don't know if everybody watched that. Um, the, the day after Thanksgiving, I think 2018, they had that. And I was pretty pumped for it. And I didn't think it was horrible. A lot of people didn't like it. It ended up, I was paying the $20 for the pay-per-view anyway, but it ended up being free because some people weren't able to get it or some snafu happened and everybody got it for free, which I was happy about because it did, I mean, it was a chance to, to throw a couple dollars down. I'm sure if I hit something, it would have been a little bit better, but everybody, I don't think anybody really hit anything maybe you know little things but we were going for like eagles and certain things that we could have done well on but anyways um 
is it going to be better than that? Um, I don't know. I they, It might break Vegas because this is the only thing you could bet on um, for a month and a half. I mean, besides virtual sports, the first real sporting event that's going <laughs> to have betting should be wild. The other thing, how are they going to make money? Are they going to do it off of the betting? Or are people just going to donate? Is there going to be like a telethon kind of thing? And through the four or five hours that they play, people can donate. And I'm sure these guys are going to put up big money um, in side bets and things like that. So should be interesting. A lot of questions there, but I'm sure everybody is excited about that because, boy, has it sucked without sports. I'm glad golf is going to be the first thing to come out. Like I said in the last couple episodes, they're going to be the first ones anyway, regardless of this this match here, uh, scheduled for June 11th, which is pretty sick. No fans, like I've said, but um, it's cool, cool that they're going to be back and that they can be back because of being outside. So interested and excited for all of this and I think the date they're they're flirting with is May 17th, um, but nothing's really set in stone. I'm sure they have a lot, um, a lot to prep for before any of that. Um, so yeah, that was just a little something. Uh, not much going on in the PGA. Uh, I read an article just through the week, and the big highlight was like how. A lot of the pros are going to be breaking the rules at the Masters this year because the Masters is in November, um, along with college football that a lot of a lot of pros like. So are they going to be looking at their phones during rounds because their team is playing? Would this even be a fucking story if... Uh, there were sports going on probably not Um, yeah so that's where we are in the PGA news so let's um, let's just go into this deep dive I'm going to do this in two parts too because I started getting I don't want this thing to go too long and I started getting into stuff and he's just won a lot and I don't want to take away from from a lot of his winnings. So this part is mainly just introducing his family and uh, pretty much his amateur career in the first couple years of his professional career. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, completely off topic of his his life, um, more related to mine, my my second child, I tried to name him Jordan. It didn't work. She hated it. Um, the only reason I did try that is because Tiger and Phil didn't work with the first child. So I didn't even try. I tried to sneakily just throw, oh, what do you think about Jordan? And she said, is that because... Right away. Snap back. Is that because of Jordan Speed? No, I like the name. <laughs> Come on. It was after Jordan Spieth. So the first thing when I looked up, 
Mr. Jordan Spieth. His middle name came up. And for those of you that don't know, my son's name is Alexander. And it just so happens that Jordan Alexander Spieth, his middle name, obviously, is Alexander. So how lucky is... I mean, it's just fate. It's goddamn fate. <laughs> I'm still in shock. I found that out. Whew, that was so cool. <laughs> so anyways, Jordan Alexander Spieth, born in Dallas, Texas in 1993. That makes me feel a little bit old. It was only six years after I was born. However, it just sounds weird to be born in 93. Uh, born to uh, Sean and Mary Christine, who goes by Chris. His mother goes by Chris. Uh, he's got a brother, younger brother Stephen, and a younger brother or a younger sister, I'm sorry, Ellie. Um, his younger brother is an athlete as well in his own right. He plays basketball after, I'm sure, after his fa- his mother and father both played basketball. Um, Sean played basketball at Lehigh, where he went to school, and Chris at Moravian. Mora- Moravian. Um, yeah, they both played basketball. And his brother, Stephen, took after that. He went to college at Brown University, played there, uh, did pretty well. Uh, I think the past couple of years, he, he was drafted and played summer ball for the Dallas Mavs. So both these guys are homegrown boys. Um, but yeah, Stephen played there. Um, his sister, Ellie, uh, I don't know if... A lot of you watch a lot of golf, but if you've seen his sister, she does have a a neurological disorder. Um, Jordan calls her his hero and and keeps him humbled. Um, She's a sweetheart, and and the whole family is loving. And um, it's cool to see Jordan with with her because it's just I mean it just shows a different side, and he is such a, a great person even though he can be somewhat of a crybaby on the course, um, aren't we all? We'll get into that probably at some point because he is, I mean, that's why some people really don't like him, but I, I've i loved him ever since he came on tour. Um, so anyways, his dad um, is the CEO of MVP Index. Um, this was in 2012. But he did something before where he was able to um, be a, a member at Brookhaven Country Club in Dallas. That's where Jordan learned to play golf. Um, I guess he would mow the lawn really short in his yard and be chipping and trying to pot. And fin- finally, his old man said, we got to get you into a country club. So they did. Um, I mean, Chris, his mother... Uh, is a was a computer engineer, so both of them did well, and um, I mean, like m- a lot of pros. I don't say I wouldn't say most. A lot of pros do have the resources. Um, I'm not saying you still have to have talent, worth work ethic, and all that stuff to make it to the pros. But having those resources 
I mean, everybody says, oh, if I had those, I'd do it. But chances are they probably wouldn't because it does take a lot, I would imagine. So, yeah, Brookhaven Country Club, that is where he did all his his learning. Um, let's get into, into 2008 is where this whole thing pretty much starts. He was, he finished second in the Junior PGA Championship, um, and he was a member of the Junior Ryder Cup team that year. They won, which was cool. Um, there was this funny video. I mean, he's 15 at this point. Uh, there's a video of him, ta- him and his coach, Cameron McCormick, talking about uh, actually winning the Masters. I mean, he's so poised at 2000 or at 15 years old. He just looks, he is ready for the pros. And it's incredible to see kids that young do that. Um, even his coach is saying, comparing him to Tiger and doing all this stuff. Um, Cameron's been with him ever since, I think he was 12 years old. He, uh, Cameron was is originally from Australia. He moved and was the pro at Brookhaven. That's where they met. Um, Cameron ended up moving to down the street to Trinity Golf Club or something like that. Regardless, um, stayed with Spieth and has been coaching him ever since, like I said. Pretty wild to see that video because both of them were so confident. Um, yeah just to see some of the shots he was making. It was like a news clip. They did a story on him in Dallas, and they had it up. He's just, he, you could tell he was born born to do this kind of stuff. Um, moving to 2009, that's when he won his first U, U.S. Junior Amateur. The uh, That same year, the American Junior Golf Association, the AGGA, named him the Rolex Player of the Year. Pretty wild stuff. I mean, he's he might have still been 15 at that time. He's turning 16. Um, obviously playing in all the amateur um, tournaments and stuff. I know he won another tournament in 2009. I think it was... Um, what was it? Just the championship... Oh, he was a member of the USA Spirit Gold medal team. I'm not really sure what that is. Um, He was a Texas State 5A high school individual champion. And like I said, the Rolex Player of the Year. And he was ranked number one in the Golf Week Junior. So pretty, pretty good credentials. 2010, he's 16 years old. He writes the Byron Nelson Championship a letter <laughs> and with all these credentials. Um, he tells a story. It's, it's a cool little, I'm not going to read the whole thing for you, but look it up because it's pretty cool. He tells a story about um, being at the Byron Nelson with his dad and Phil coming up and, and talking to him. I guess he was right next to Phil's ball and he said, you know, stay still, whatever. Um, but he wrote this very nice letter. Um, ends up getting a sponsor exemption that year in 2010. Um, it was the first. It was the event's first exemption since '95. This was 15 years ago. Um, 
to Trip Coon. I'm not really sure who he is. Uh, irrelevant. But uh, the other exemption, there's there's only three exemptions in 95. 93 was Justin Leonard and Tiger Woods, coincidentally. Um, I say that because there's shades of of Tiger in Jordan. I, I've said it forever um, the past couple of years. Like I said, have... Yeah, I can't wait till he comes back and gets off his ass. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, accepted sponsor exemption. He ends up, he makes a cut. Uh, becomes the sixth youngest player to make a cut on the PGA. Uh, and he ends up, he was tied for seventh in the third round and ends up finishing uh, T16 as an amateur. He's literally 16 years old playing with professionals. Now, we see this a lot in women's golf. We don't, we see amateurs, but we don't see amateurs succeed. Um, The only really one that I remember is in that British Open when, uh, Christ, I can't think his name, Patrick Dunn. Maybe not Patrick Dunn, but somebody Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. He was, like, leading. He was in the final group as an amateur in the British Open. It wasn't far off. I'll write that down, and I'll have that for you. Um, Pretty wild stuff. He, uh, yeah, to come T-16 is pretty wild. I mean, yeah, he's an amateur. So he, 2011, he is exempt again from the Byron Nelson. Makes the cut again and finishes T32. He also starts a pretty, pretty sick college career. He plays like a season and a half. Um, He went to the University of Texas. He... Freshman year, he wins three events and leads the team in scoring, uh, scoring average, excuse me. Um, Leads his team to the NCAA championship. They win. Uh, Was named to the All-Big 12 team. He's the Big 12 Freshman of the Year and Player of the Year and was first-team All-American. Sick. I mean, to only play a year and a half of of college golf, win a championship, and then just go turn pro the next year like a gangster, I mean, it's so sick. Um, Not only did he do, he he had his college career, um, he won his second U.S. Junior Amateur, 2009-2011 champ, becoming only the second person in the history of golf to win that tournament twice. Now, do you know who the other person is? Only two people in the history of golf. Take one guess. If you're thinking Tiger Woods, you might be right. Tiger motherfucking Woods. Only guy. So, I mean, you want to start comparing, let's go. I mean, this kid, he's nasty. 
I can't. I can't. It just gets me so pumped up. Um, this win, the win at the Junior Am, was equally as big for his caddy, his longtime caddy now. This is when they meet. Uh, Michael Greller is his caddy. Um, so, a little weird. Uh, for like six or seven years, Greller would go to the U.S. Junior Ams and all these amateur tournaments, excuse me, um, and just fill in for people that didn't have caddies. I mean, the only reason I say it's weird is because these guys are 16, 17 years old. It's kind of, I mean, maybe sometimes younger. But I'm not pointing fingers or anything. You do you, man. He made a lot of money from doing it. So, um yeah, so he, six years ago, or six years before this, prior to this, he was bagging for a guy named Matt Savage, who happened to be friends with Justin Thomas. Um, he was on the bag for JT at the U.S. Junior Am in 2010, who then passed him on to Jordan Spieth. As some of you know, Jordan and Justin are very good friends, and that's how that whole thing started. Um, Greller was a, a former sixth grade math teacher and became, I mean, obviously saw a lot in Jordan Spieth and went on his bag full time in 2012 um, to finish that season out. So he, he knew um, their their relationship is crazy. Um, anytime you hear Jordan Spieth talk in press conferences, it's we, my team, we, we. It's never, I did this, I did that, unless it's a bad shot. He, he pretty much takes the blame for everything. Um, I hit a bad shot, I did this, but when he succeeds, it's we and, and us and our team. He's a stand-up kid. So moving to 2012, sophomore year of college, um, he earned an alternate spot as an amateur in the U.S. Open. I think Brant Snedeker backed out and he, he got um, the chance to get in here. Ends up shooting lights out and uh, is the he was the low am there, which was pretty wild. Um, he shot a weekend round of 69 and then 70, um, and he finished T21. Another weird comparison to Mr. Tiger Woods. He also finished T21 that year. It just keeps getting weirder, guys. Um, he ends up playing a couple more tournaments and a, a Corn Ferry Tour that season. Um, and then 2013 is when he, he really plays his full season. Um, the, only thing, the only major he didn't qualify that year was the Masters because he was kind of starting off. His world rankings weren't as good. Um, and he ended up winning to get him into the rest of the majors um he played 23 tournaments that year and he made 18 cuts with nine top tens and one win it's a pretty studly uh first year he was he ends up being rookie of the year and um with his win he became the youngest player in 82 years to win on tour um and that tournament that he won was the john deere classic now, if you want to see an awesome last round of golf, I know the John Deere Classic isn't riveting, but it was awesome. Uh, he was in a bunker, last hole, and he needed 
he needed to hole out to tie Zach Johnson and David Hearn. He hits a sick sand shot. Honestly, if it didn't hit the uh, if it didn't hit the pin or the hole as square as it did, it was this shot was probably going to go into the water. Um, it was coming in pretty hot, but Destiny uh, took over and he drained it. After that, the three of them go into a five-hole playoff where Jordan Spieth prevails and he gets his first PGA Tour win. He also, a highlight of 2013 for him is that he made it to the Tour Championship, which, again, pretty wild. Um, As you know, the FedEx Cup Championship, they go from 150 to 75 to 30 in those tournaments. Um, So he made the top 30 players that year. He didn't really play that well in the majors. Uh, Again, he's only 20 years old at this point. Uh, He only made one cut out of the three that he played, and it was at the Open. Um, I believe it was at Marion. I don't know that for sure, but he was tied 44th. Um, So still, he didn't play that well, but he did make the cut finally. Um, But again, I mean, those are his first three majors. I'm sure Uh, it's a little different playing in majors. but he did well. He made uh, $3.8 million. Um, Not too bad for him or Greller or any of his team. I'm sure he spread the wealth. Um, so moving to 2014, this is the year you can really see stuff starting to move. Um, yeah, he didn't... Uh, he, even though he didn't win he this year... He ended up making all four majors. It was his first Masters appearance. Um, He played in 27 events. uh, And like I said, he did much better in the majors. Uh, 24 cuts out of 27 events. And he had eight top tens. Um, The biggest biggest thing for him was kind of showing him that he's a boss uh, at the the Masters. Uh, He was tied tied for, or no he was runner up solo second uh to Bubba um, played well um after that masters runner up believe it or not through this whole thing he ends up being uh top 10 in the world uh which is pretty incredible he's like I said turning 21 or 20 this year in 2014 um, he makes it to the tour championship again so Despite not winning, he still had a great year. Uh, ends up making, I think, $4.3 million. Um, this was a Ryder Cup year, uh, being in the top 10. Obviously, after the Masters, it's a good time to do that because you are, chances are, you are in the, the Ryder Cup selection through points. He becomes the youngest American to play in the mass uh, in the Ryder Cup since uh, Horton Smith, and I'm sure you can tell that that's an old ass name. Uh, yeah, Horton Smith, 1929. <laughs> that's so long ago. So yeah, making history again. He he did it all. He just I compare him to like a Korean woman. 
when it comes to golf because those girls play so young. They're winning turn like LPGA, like uh, who? What's her name? Lydia Ko went in at like thirteen and fourteen. Pretty much any good LPGA tour star is playing at thirteen, fourteen. I'll make another reference to that later, and I think you'll like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so plays in the Ryder Cup. This was uh, at Glen Eagles in Scotland. Um, for the past however many years, we go over to Europe and absolutely get our fucking asses kicked. 16.5 to 11.5. He played decent. He went 2-1-1 one, and one, uh, in play. Um, that same year in 2014... He did have a European, to, or Australasia, uh, not European. Uh, he won the Australian Open. Uh, he was pretty lights out, um, shooting a course record 63 on Sunday to win by six strokes for that. So obviously that didn't count. He, he technically did win in 2014, but not on the PGA Tour. Um, and then a month later in December is when the Hero World Challenges ended up winning that wire to wire I don't really count that as a PGA Tour win Um, the PGA Tour does I think oh man I wish I could remember this Hammy if you're listening I still don't remember from our talk that we had whether that is FedEx Cup points or not Um, and like I said he made 4.3 million dollars so this is when it starts to get pretty pretty sick and we're going to cut it off there because there's a lot to cover. Um, part two is going to be from 2015, which is pretty much the biggest year of his life. Um, spoiler alert, he becomes number one in the world, wins about five or six times, and we're going to get into his first Masters win too. Um, pretty sick stuff. Um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to cut this. Um, again, if any of you guys have anything you want to talk about, any questions, comments, um, what I'm doing good, what I'm doing bad, just drop a line, download that Anchor app. Um, you know, I've been talking about this Anchor app a lot, and uh, I'm, I think I'm going to put an ad in this. Um, I think I'm going to start doing that because... If I keep talking about them that much, I, I might as well get some money out of them. So you might hear an ad next week or the week after, and uh, we, we're going to have some good content coming up. Um, been in the works with getting a, our, our first guest. I know I've been saying that for, this is the eighth week, so I've been saying this for about eight weeks now. Um, and I will not disappoint. We will have a guest on this damn podcast sooner or later. Until then, everybody stay safe and we'll see you next week.